Hello. Hey, how are you? Oh, you know, I'm hanging in there. How are you doing? How are you feeling? Oh, I'm good. That that kind of stuff happens to me a lot. That's one oh. of the the downsides of the whole cerebral palsy thing is that kind of crap happens a lot. Well, <laughs> and, as long uh, as you're okay, because the first thing I asked was, you know, did you hit your head? Oh, no, I never hit. Uh, if there's one thing I've learned how to do in 44 years of life with a disability that causes you to fall a lot, I've never hit my head ever. Thank goodness. Yeah, my my dad, he hit his head and that was the beginning of the end and same with Josh's dad. Oh jeez. Yeah. Uh the one thing I have learned as my wife is out of town right now and uh I've been doing all of our uh, cat maintenance. Um and I've never before yesterday I've never cleaned a litter box in my life. Uh with two 9 pounds male cats, those things are fucking bioweapons. <laughs> You you could you could take the contents of one of those things and stick it in a couple of warheads and end any international conflict you wanted to, because <laughs> it's disgusting. <laughs> so, anyway, let's get to our purpose. I guess. Uh, welcome to the B Team Podcast. My name is John Macy. Today we are reviewing the Peter Dinklage. Film Cyrano, directed by, was it Joe Wright, I think? Um, and I am joined by Sarah Busold. Say hello. Yeah. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah, and I actually saw the movie with one of my girlfriends in the theater. Um, I guess it was two Sundays ago at this point. Um, there yeah. was actually a uh, like a message directly from uh, the director, and he was, you know, thanking everybody. And uh, yeah, no, it was actually really cool. Yeah, we got that too. Actually, we went. Um, I think last weekend. Uh... We went and saw it ourselves, too. I hear from Josh, this is the movie you ditched out on the Batman to go see this? Uh, yeah, no, because my, my friend had invited me before we, you know, had, you know, um, you know uh, concrete plans, so I didn't want to ditch yeah. my friend. Well, I, uh, I also like the Batman, but I think you made a decent choice, as this has become my favorite film of the year so far. Grand really? Yeah, I mean, I've only seen four movies from 22, so it's not a oh, huge wall. Yeah, that's wolf. true. I mean, I guess we're only in March. It's there, I mean, there's, there's not much going on yet. <laughs> I've basically seen this, The Batman, Uncharted, and The Atom Project are the Did only things. Did you see Scream 4 or no? No, I don't I'm do sorry, horror five. movies. I don't do horror movies. Oh, uh, okay. I generally yeah, no. find them. I generally find them kind of stupid, so I don't. <laughs> I don't bother with most oh, of them. Those are those are some fighting words in our house. Well, here's the thing, though. I do, I do feel like I'm learning a lot about them listening to you guys review them. Um, yeah. And there, and there might be some in Come the over near to future. The dark side. <laughs> and there might be some in the near future that I might go back and look at based on some of the things you guys have said. But I'm not quite there yet. Um, so yeah, we did decide to. My wife and I did decide to go to this. Um, mostly for, I don't really know what her thinking was. I think in a lot of cases for her, because of, uh, her current situation, it, it, a lot of times it becomes like, I just want to get out of the house. Mm. Um, for me, it was very much Dinklage. 
Like, oh yeah, no, he, and it's, it's funny because, um, after I saw the movie, I I looked it up a little bit. Like I didn't really go in knowing a lot. I don't really watch live TV. So like, I, you know, commercials are like, especially like movie commercials, like are not a thing for me. So the only time I ever see trailers is either if I seek it out or if I'm in already in another movie and I see it, it, um, yeah, no, as far as I can tell, uh, everybody else who was in there, I think either comes from the stage or is more you know minor players like he is the main draw i mean he is you know the the titular uh sierra now other other than ben Mendelssohn, i hadn't heard of anyone else who was in this other than him um so yeah but he was he was my main draw for going to this i don't mm-hmm. i i don't think he gets as much work as he should get um, no, he doesn't. And I think, you know, I think that this is opening him up because I don't think the historical, because Cyrano de Bergiac actually is, you know, a historical figure. I don't think that he was a little person. No, he, I think in reality, he had that weird nose. And that yeah. was the whole thing. Um, obviously, you know, as a child of the 80s, my comparison for this movie would have been the Steve Martin version of this. Uh, was it Roxanne? Where he had the where he had the nose. Oh you know? yeah, I didn't even put those yeah. put that together. No, that was a, that was a a modernized version of this. Um, Interesting. Yep, and I believe the the screenplay for this version of it was actually written by Dinklage's wife. So I'm wondering if she had him in mind for this when this was written. Um, and the sad thing is like. You know, as I said earlier, I do think he doesn't get enough work and he should get way more than he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I almost kind of feel like because enough of what is done in Hollywood these days is still largely based on superficial shit in general. Yeah. As much as I like him, if he wants work, he's going to have to make it for himself. Because... Yeah, I I happen to agree with you. I think it's it's a shame because he is he's extremely talented. So my friend, when she invited me to this, she you know I don't think she knew a lot about it either, other than the fact that Peter Dinklage is actually from New Jersey. He I was did not born know in Morristown. Yeah, so... I knew he was. I knew he was the only American on Game of Thrones. I did not know he was from Jersey. I had no idea. Like I yeah. really, you know, I'm I'm sorry to say that I just I really just didn't know a lot about him in general. I mean, everybody yeah. I think across the board, you know, appreciates him as you know Tyrion Lannister. But other than that, because he's been in other things, and I don't think a lot of people well, know oh, him outside of that. He's done a ton of independent movies, and I'd seen him in a lot of the a couple of those things prior to Thrones. Mm-hmm. Um, like he had he had done the he was in the British version of. Uh, Death at a Funeral, which was the original version. Oh, yeah, in 2010. Yeah. Uh, And he was great in that. And I guess he did some thing called The Station Agent, which I've never seen. I should go back and look for it. Mm -hmm. But um, my thing with him going into Thrones was, and I had read the books before the show was a thing, right, by a couple of years. Uh, Mm -hmm. my My best friend threw the first book in my lap for my birthday one year. And said, "Go nuts," uh, <laughs> and he had already and he had already read it, I think. And as I was reading it, I was like, you know, if they were, and it was years away from the show being a thing. But I remember going, if any, if they were going to do this as a show or a movie or anything, 
the only person I can think of to play this character would be Peter Dinklage, but I've only seen him do funny shit. I don't know if he can do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he was an and, elf. I think that was the first yep. thing I ever knew yep. him from. And I'd only ever seen him do comedic stuff, and I was like, I don't know if he can pull this character off. Mm, and then okay. we, get, we get to Thrones, and he's the unquestioned highlight of it, for me at least. Oh, absolutely. And so when I heard this was a thing, I was like, oh, so this be like a combination of everything and it was yeah, I was comedy, musical, drama, like I was kind of surprised that it was a musical and he wasn't terrible. Yeah. Like I actually you know, had no idea it was a musical. <laughs> yeah. Was we had seen something on like I think he went on Jimmy Kimmel and they did one of the songs on that show. So I knew going in it was mm, okay. You know, but I find myself asking the question during it, like is this an actual musical or is it just going to be one in the way that people claim that some piece of shit like La La Land was where they're singing for 10 minutes, but the movie's like two and a half hours long and it's generally just people whining. Um, as you can tell, I didn't like that movie very much. Oh, uh, I didn't even see it. And I, and I love yeah. Ryan Gosling. So no, there was a whole big thing at the time. I was friends with your fiance at the time and, there was a whole big thing about how we all, you know, a couple of us liked it and I absolutely hated it. And I was just like, that is one of the worst <laughs> movies I've ever seen. Oh my God. Um, but Which is uh, funny because yeah. like, it was like, you know, highly lauded by the Academy, but you know, oh, listen. yeah. In some part, that's because I think they, and we'll get into this maybe more. I think we're going to do something for the Oscars this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of times that's because the Hollywood Academy also likes things that, like send them messages about how great Hollywood is. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, to the, to the point that we're actually here for, um, I don't know how much we really want to get into the De Bergerac story per se. I mean, it's been out there for how many hundreds of years at this point. Um, mm-hmm. But basically, you know, Cerno De Bergerac is a guy who is in love with a woman who is in, you know, I assume she's like some level of nobility or she's trying to marry into nobility or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he, because he is a little person as played by Mr. Dinklage, where, as we've said earlier in past iterations of the story, de Bergerac was a regular size guy with a weird nose. And apparently yeah. the, apparently the weird nose was enough to make him sort of a, uh, an oddity, I guess, so that he mm-hmm. wouldn't be, so that he wouldn't be accepted at court in the same way. Um, so the the object of Cerno's affection, a woman named Roxanne, played by was it Haley Bennett. Um, she's she uh, doesn't want to be like forcibly married to somebody for money, which it sounds like she's going to have to do that. Um, so there's a duke played by Ben Mendelsohn who has a thing for her, who wants to marry her and whatever, and he's kind of a tool. Uh, <laughs> but if that's early, early on, I don't think it's clear exactly how much of a shitbag the guy is. Um, oh, by the end, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, he's just kind of, I found him sort of just like annoyingly repulsive at the beginning. Mm, yeah. Uh, and, and it gets into, you know, it turns into something way worse than that. Um but she, from a distance, kind of does the love at first sight thing with a guy named Christian, played by Kelvin Harrison Jr., um, who is Cyrano's in the city guard, which I'm not sure how that is. 
because I would assume he would fail any physical test required. But we'll 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 put that aside for the moment at well, least. Well, yeah, no, I mean he's like set up in here as like an accomplished duelist. He's also a novelist, a playwright, like you know, an all-around like you know man for all seasons. It seems. Yep, and he was an accomplished duelist. It just didn't make sense to me. <laughs> like, yeah. Every, every, Everyone he sword fought with was like a foot and a half taller than him. Why is he winning? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's, and that's, you know, and I think there needs to also be like just a little bit of suspension of disbelief, you know? Yeah, no, there, there definitely is. Um, the one thing I will credit them for is even as a kid and like the, the Steve Martin version came out in the eighties, I was probably 11, 12, whatever. And I didn't make the connection that this was, you know, some French court story in reality. And looking back at it, like, I find it amazing that, you know, some of those people in those photos of the, of all those Royal courts at the time were pretty ugly people anyway. It and didn't it, matter if you were noble or if you married the right person but, or if you knew the right of, person. It, you're, you're right. But it kind of amazed me that like, because they were all sort of ugly anyway, why would anyone give a shit that he had this weird nose? Like, I mean, I think also, you know, it was as like a novelist or a playwright, I feel like that also, even though we look back and, you know, you remember yeah. those people, I think at the time, like, I'm, like if you were royal or if you had some kind of status, like, that's all you were. You didn't actually right. do other things. So, so the just, fact that he made any money off of this, I think, um, caused people yeah. to, you know, look. And down like he wasn't. I guess. I guess from that standpoint, I mean, if you look at it, like I guess it was less that than more like he's just not of high enough station for that. Yeah. I guess. So, but the one thing I will give them credit for is like if you if you want to turn this story into like a deformity metaphor, which I never understood with just the nose, it never seemed like enough. Mm -hmm. Like the stuff that Dinklage has going on, even though, you know, very few people actually comment on it in a derogatory way. And the one guy who does gets killed for it. Um, uh, But even though it's not, you know, they don't spend the entire movie going on about it in a derogatory way. It made way more sense to me with the stuff that Dinklage has going on that, yes, this would be something that, like, would be a problem if he wanted to marry this woman. Yeah. You know? Um, so, so, yeah, he agrees to, and he's an excellent writer, as you said. I believe he's supposed to be a novelist and a playwright and whatnot. He's mm-hmm. an excellent writer. Um, I also wrote a lot in college, so that sort of made me gravitate toward this also mm-hmm. um he agrees to essentially write love letters for christian to her uh with the idea and i'm not entirely sure what his goal was here like did he just want to make sure that she was happy with somebody or that's did he what th- i was thinking you know like yeah. this, uh, you know and i was actually talking about this with josh a few minutes ago like this seems like you know this whole story seems like ripped out of like a shakespearean comedy and yeah. I actually looked into, you know, like when he was born and when he died. And I, I don't believe he would be considered a contemporary for Shakespeare because he was born after Shakespeare. I think right. that much like how Chaucer heavily influenced Shakespeare, I think Shakespeare heavily in- influenced him. Right. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I just couldn't 
like I knew that he had a thing for her, obviously. And I think uh, he just wanted to make her happy. Like at yeah. the end of the day, like, and that's what I think true love is, is like, you know, he was willing to sacrifice his own happiness, like which yep. it would have been with her, you know, for her happiness. And then yeah, if, if I remember the to compare it to the Steve Martin movie at least, he if I remember that correctly, and it's been years since I saw it last, but he, you know, I believe the Christian character, it was probably a different name, was played mm-hmm. by it was Tim Robbins. And oh. Tim Robbins plays it as an and I could be confusing this with Bull Durham. It might have been somebody else, but I seem to recall it being Tim Robbins. Um and I'm pretty sure that Tim Robbins played the Christian character as an absolute fucking dope. <laughs> right. And I think with that one the Steve Martin character had some hope that and Roxanne she would realize was, that he was an idiot. Yeah, that she would realize that he was the one doing it and whatever. Um, this one doesn't really have that. And to me, like I liked the the Kelvin Harrison Jr. performance. Like that guy mm-hmm. did a good job with that role. Um, it wasn't exactly clear to me like why like he said a couple times he was a shitty writer, but I don't get what you know, like to me, there wasn't enough there to like, just because the guy was not nobility, he was just some guy. So like, I feel like they. Well, I think he was like a country guy that blew into the city to enlist in the army, or I right. guess the the guard, and then he ends yeah. up getting drafted. Oh yeah, but when I, well, I guess the point I'm trying to make is that I would think Roxanne would realize that because he's just a guy. Well, she right. knows nothing about him, though. Like, it really okay. is love at first sight. Like, okay. I think the so first time they ever speak is, like, you know, uh, basically, like, lines are being fed to him. He, you know, Cyrano is, is writing the writing the letters. Like, she really knows nothing about this dude. Well, that's true. It was all just, it was all superficial. You're right. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I just could have done with a little more as to, like, why he was so worried about what he what he would have done on his own, but it wouldn't have been enough for her. Like either, either go the full nine and like make him illiterate. Yeah. Or, I mean, that could have been, yeah, that could have yeah. been. And I mean, I think he just probably wasn't educated to the level that Cyrano was. Cause you see him like asking him for words and like he's tripping over his words. And I think it's just, you know, uh, it was obviously, you know, a physical attraction. And I think she was hoping for, you know, the mind. I mean, she was friends with Cyrano. Like, they had come from right. the same village. They knew each other since they were children. You know, she was, uh, although I'm not sure how she got to the station that she was if they were friends. But anyway, they, you know, she was going to the theater. She was, cult- she seemed cultured, you know. So yep. I think that that's what she was hoping for in a partner. The other thing I had to I had to sort of divorce myself from, and I end up doing this a lot when you know like what the ages of actors are. Mm-hmm. He's he's like twenty years older than her. Oh yeah, I think he's either which, in his late forties or early fifties. Yeah, and she she's at most like thirty. So uh, like probably yeah no he is he's fifty two. Yeah, and to me, I was just like, okay, they're childhood friends, but he's old enough to be her dad. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, but Again, yeah, you're suspension right. Suspension of disbelief. <laughs> there's a lot of suspension, and it it is you know even though I tend to be a, a nitpicker for really small things, this is a really good movie. Oh and, yeah. Um, you know, and I just 
at first I was, and it takes a couple minutes for Dinklage to show up. There's a, a yes. bunch of other stuff. There's a bunch of other stuff before that. Like you see Roxanne first and there's that whole scene about how like she doesn't really want to marry the Duke guy, but she'll do it. If I well, kind of see destitute, they don't have any yeah. money. Like the, like the like nursemaid yep. slash, you know, guardian is, you know, telling her that they, they, they have no money. <laughs> Yep. So I generally don't, and I don't know about you, because we, you know, I've been friends with your fiance for about six or seven years now, but we don't know each other that well. So I don't know, you know, I don't know what your experience is, but I don't generally go to a lot of those like Merchant Ivory uh, uh, corset movies or whatever. Um, I'll I'll see a lot of those things on video sometimes, Uh, but it starts with stuff like that. And I like the first 10 or it takes like 10 or 15 minutes for Dinklage to show up. Yeah. And as it was starting, I was like, and I knew it was like a two hour, 10 minute movie. And I'm, I'm already kind of looking at my watch going like, Oh Christ, is this going to be two (laughs) hours, two hours of this? Like, Oh no, what did I, what did I do? And then uh, when Dinklage shows up, the minute he shows up, I was just like, Okay, I'm in now because he's yeah. Just... No, you can't take your eyes off of the screen. Like he just—he is captivating. He's charismatic. Yep. He's witty. Like yep. you know, it's—he definitely—he—he he definitely deserves all of the accolades that he gets. Like I think he—I yeah. think he was—I don't know that he was nominated for an Oscar for this, but I know that he was nominated for a Golden Globe. I think it would be for next year, wouldn't it? Because when it came out. Um, but he already, but he was already nominated for a Golden Globe, I think, for this. So okay, I think, yeah. So, I so think it that been, it's yeah. It's like, yeah, that's too bad because it is. And because he didn't win, I think it's also heavily influenced because the Academy. We all know this; they prefer drama. They don't like comedy. Yeah. They don't like musicals. Well, it was sort of in the middle, though. Like, I mean, you know. it definitely has elements, but like, I think that they knew that it wouldn't be a contender for drama, which is why yeah. they submitted it as like musical comedy because it also does have that aspect. Right, but yeah, that first scene where they're at the theater and he's like, they have this you know super great reputation actor up there doing the typical like the blowhard stuff that oh, most like of those French, people the French theater yep. yeah. Like most of those people did back then, and and Cerno just comes in, like tears it apart, and talks about how much of a loser the guy is, and like mm-hmm. it was so, and like like I said earlier, like fifteen minutes in, I'm kind of already bored because he's not yeah. he hasn't come up yet. I'm kind of like, oh no. And you just... don't even see him; you hear him first. You start yeah. heckling him. Yeah, because he doesn't. It takes another like three or four minutes for him to actually appear. You just hear him talking at this guy, and just from the minute he appears even it's like oh my god he's on a completely different level than i've ever seen him on before like mm-hmm. it's as somebody and i think you guys watched thrones too but to me it's like he was like Tyrion minus all the shitty morality <laughs> uh yeah no because he definitely you know i mean he boozes he you know obviously pines for this woman but you know he right yeah i i he was like it. he was like if Tyrion was actually a nice guy it would be this guy, you know? Yeah. So, but yeah, so he, te- he tears down this guy at the, at the theater and he gets into a duel with somebody who like makes a couple of short jokes. At yeah. His that's the short joke. Yeah. No, it and was um, I, Roxanne's, I guess, Duke or whoever she was, or the marquee. Uh, yep. It was his henchman. Yep. Now let me ask you, I thought that whole duel thing was part of the performance. 
You know what? I actually thought so too, just because of what a dick this guy was. And then when he, you know, and then the guy though really is a dick because then he tries to, uh, as Cyrano's back is turned, he tries to stab him. And then that's how he ends up turning around and, you know, getting him right in the gut. Right. But even even when that happened, I still thought it was faked until they showed the sword actually poking out of the guy's back. Yeah. Not Which would have like, been it would have been a fun that actually would have been like a pretty cool like reveal that he's like an actor too. But you yeah. know, actors again weren't you know, they were not of high station. They could be considered, you know, well known and they were respected, right. but they weren't they never were part of nobility. Right. And I I I thought the entire thing was staged and part of, you know, like all this thing where he would go rip on the actor was agreed to beforehand and the the duel thing was a setup. But then, like, the guy clearly dies and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I guess not. I guess that wasn't fake then. Okay. So he's, you know, he's in the, again, we'll throw out the idea of how, like, a four-foot-tall guy would be in the city garden, whatever. Um, so... Uh, Roxanne comes to him and says, you know, I'm in love with this guy and, you know, he's going to go, I think she somehow knew he was going to end up in the guard, I think. Well, because when he showed up, he had like a pack on and everything. And I think that's what, when people came to the city, that's what they did. Okay. Cause she she asked Cerno to keep an eye on him while he, while he's doing that. So I guess one of the things that they do, and it's not shown more than once, but one of the things that they do when they're trying to test these new candidates to be guard people is they have them sword fight Cerno, I guess. Uh, Because he basically comes in and says, let me figure out if this guy is good enough. And if I don't kill him, then, then we'll know. (laughs) So he gives his name and then, Cyrano just drops the sword and hugs him and says, you know, because he, he's kind of under orders from this woman that he loves to protect this guy. So he like, mm-hmm. instead of going through a fight, he drops the sword and he's like, embrace me. And they just hug in the middle of this circle of people. Yeah. Um, so they pull each other aside and they kind of start talking. You get the idea that this guy, you know, and he, he saw Roxanne from a distance and he kind of has the same level of feeling that she has. So he decides to kind of be there go between uh so there's a lot of that for a good solid hour um she ends up you know he ends up he does actually end up in a relationship with her uh they you know he sort of fakes his way through it with coaching from Cerno for large stretches but Cerno's mm-hmm. writing all the numbers and stuff well, yeah, um, I think probably the most famous scene from this, though, is the balcony scene, not to be confused with like Romeo and Juliet, like another famous balcony scene. But yeah, this but, is no, where this... the, the shtick comes in, like, you know, Christian is professing his love, but you have, you know, Cyrano, you know, off from Roxanne's point of view, like out of out of uh, out of eye range, like feeding him lines. Right. Yep. No. And that was that was probably the the central scene of this entire thing. Um, and yeah, they do end up, uh, they do end up getting married, uh, toward, not toward the end necessarily, but in the tail end. And then, uh, she's still, or before they actually get married, the Duke is still making overtures and Mm -hmm. trying to like figure out some way. He was actually supposed to get married to her. So there was a clergyman who was 
you know, going to marry them. And the Duke was actually on his way and Christian was there and she gets the note and she's like, okay, we're going to go through this, but okay. I either, I either missed that or because I saw it like two weeks ago, it slipped my head, but um, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was kind of like a, a, you know, it was a quick switch. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. That makes more sense. Cause I sort of remember that thing where the, the Duke shows up and he's all pissed off. Yeah, and, and he finds like, out they're already married. And then yeah, that's yeah. when he retaliates and then sends them to the front line. Right. Now, was he also, like, he didn't like Cerno either because no, he, he, didn't. He, want, he wanted to, he made Cerno an offer earlier in the film to, like, um, you know, because he assumes he's going to marry Roxanne. And he makes Cerno an offer to be like, okay, well, you can stay in the guard, but you can, like, be in my bodyguard crew, but I won't make you do anything. You can just hang out with my wife because I know your friends and shit. Yeah. Um, and he turns that down because he thinks the Duke guy is a dickhead, which he is. Uh, <laughs> so then he sends them off to the front line. Now, what war was this? Do we know? So that's where things get a little bit hazy. I, I have to admit, like, you know, this is all taking place you know in the french court and i don't have a lot of experience with like french writers or you know really french history in general so i couldn't figure it out and then even looking through you know um you know the the wikipedia or just any kind of background on this it's not clear okay because i couldn't i'm not all that versed in french wars either so i i didn't really know that but uh so they go to they go to the front lines and um, some there's some fighting breaks out. They're they're out in the middle of nowhere. It's very must have been somewhere. It must have been during winter well, it was, or whatever. It was, it was north, so I'm trying to think like who you know who they would have fought. And like even looking through his biography, it's not clear. Yeah, so I'm wondering. Oh, if it's this the was... siege of Arras. So okay. it would have been like you know during the the french spanish war okay i that is information i did not have yesterday okay um so christian dies and the 30 years war he fought in both okay uh, with also with the spanish right so christian does die um although they do have before that happens i believe um he has some. He has a confrontation with Cerno where he figures out, you know, it, from but what Cerno's I remember, actually in love with Rock. Yeah, it sort of it starts off like this conversation of like, why are you helping me do this? Like, why do you why do you well, care that? That much? made me wonder, like, why he like didn't question that sooner. Yeah, I kind I kind of went that went that way too. Like, some guy that I just met is offering to help me do this. Like, why? Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and I, I almost kind of wish like, and they kind of do this, but I almost kind of wish there had been stuff about like, maybe they, the two of them in the course of being guards, people actually legitimately became friends at one point. And then, yeah, then there's a little bit more to that than like, why is this weird guy helping me do this? Yeah. Like, cause I would think he would immediately have been like, Suspicious. you must be better you must be benefiting in some way. So why are you helping me do this? You yeah. know, but so he figures out that Cyrano is actually in love with her and that kind of leads them to have a falling out. Then Christian goes and dies, um, gets yeah. killed, killed in the war effort there. And then they go back to, 
it goes back to France at some later point. I get the sense it's a couple of years late. It doesn't actually, it is like three years later, isn't it? Don't they yeah, say something? That's the, yeah, three years later, and he's, you know, impoverished. He's destitute. Yeah. Um, she's in a nunnery because she's, you know, now a widow. Oh, yeah. She became a nun. Yep. Um, now, I wonder, did she, I got the sense she kind of, she probably still could have married the Duke guy, but she chose to do that. Well, yeah, because I think, you know, um, when you're, because most of the time, at least in Elizabethan and uh, Jacobean, like uh, in England, like Shakespeare's, uh, you know, time point, uh, a woman's station was usually determined by her husband's. And if, you know, if he died, like she either became like a widow, usually retired from, you know, court life and went to a nunnery, which is that famous line, you know, get, get thee to a nunnery. Yep. But I bet that I bet the Duke guy still would have married her. I mean, or you know what? He seemed pretty pissed that she, you know, defied him. So he may have just washed his hands of her. I mean, they never specifically go into it. That's true. She he could have done that. Yeah, you're right. It does sort of not. I mean, really, once that happens, there's like 15 minutes left. And it's, yeah, and it does go by pretty quick. Although, like, I have to say, like, I think that it might be, you know, my favorite part, you know, the 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 last. I mean, it's, you know, it's a musical. It's kind of a comedy. Granted, it kind of ends on, like, a really somber note. Oh, it ends um, on an absolutely bleak note. <laughs> yeah. No, um, but I really I, like the whole wherever I fall scene where yeah. you see all of the people and you actually get to see like you know the other players so to speak yeah, that was wonderful know? that whole that whole scene was wonderful i mean that was beautiful like it actually yeah. i'm not gonna lie i teared up a little bit i did i did yeah um and that the funny thing was it almost came off as more powerful because other than cyrano and christian these are characters we've never seen before yeah and they're giving like these impassioned speeches about like, give this letter to my family member who you don't know and you don't barely know who I am, but this is put across in such a way where it's like, wow, I actually do sort of feel for this individual I've never seen before in my entire life. Well, it brings humanity to this because, you know, it it is, you know, it's for the most part, you know, it's jovial, it's funny. Like even when it is serious because, you know, uh, you know, Peter Dinklage is able to convey like, you know, like, like how serious things are, but then be jovial. Like he, the depth of his, you know, uh, acting ability is like, it's, it's pretty astounding. Like when you look at him, like, I believe every word he says, like when he is heartbroken, like I feel for it. Yep. And I think that's, I think that's one of the big things for me that actually made this more than, because this very easily could have been like the, one of those old British like comedies of manners kind of things yeah. where, you know, and obviously, as you said, it gets very dark and sort of brutal towards the end with all the war stuff. And in a big part of that is the, the gravity that Dinklage gives it with everything. Like, cause he yeah. goes easily, he goes so easily between like telling all these, you know, ripping on people with all these awesome jokes where you're laughing and then at the same time, he can then turn on a dime and go to like, well, yeah, I love her, but why would she ever even think about that? Because I'm I'm too much of a freak for that, you know, and I, I know how to be looked at by everyone around us if that were to happen. Um, you know, so I just, I mean, this is, 
to me, this was a command performance for him. I don't, aside from the obvious, you know, physical component that you need for this, like I, I think to tell the story they need to tell, you need a, you need a little person or at least somebody with some significant malady or deformed. Yeah. He's really the only actor of, of consequence in that situation. Yeah. So it's like, who else could you even get to do this? You know, aside from, you know, some of the uh, shorter, like some of the Indian little people that did like the distance shots in Lord of the Rings and whatever. I don't know who yeah. else. You, I don't know who else you could get to do I this. Mean, Warwick Davis, but I don't think he's he's not a leaning man. Unfortunately, no. I, I appreciate Warwick Davis, but that's just yep. that's not. No, I, I like him. I like him a lot, too. I, I don't know that he could. I don't know that he could pull the range off that this requires. Yeah, um, I agree. And I do. And I respect him. You know, he's been in, you know, he has been in stuff, you know, and he yeah. ha- is able to act like he's not just, you know, like a stand in. Yeah. But no, right. the, the depth that you need for this character. Yeah, I, I couldn't think of anybody else other than Dinklage. Yep. Yeah, he's he's great. And I hope that this I hope that this does well enough or is looked at critically well enough that it gets him more work. Yeah, um, he absolutely deserves it, you know, and like, you know, Joe Wright, too. I mean, he's he directed this and like he is I mean, I recognize the name and just looking at his like filmography, like he did Pride and Prejudice that was nominated for, you know, Academy I, say, I remember Atonement, which Atonement, uh, which I think is actually probably one of my favorite like literary adaptations ever. Yep. Yeah, you know, no. He this did is... Anna Karenina. He did The Darkest Hour, um, which I love. Called yep. uh, he got the um, oh his I'm blanking what his name is. Um, Gary Oldman got the Academy Award. Yep. No, I like that one a lot too. And I I was actually kind of surprised when I heard this was a musical too. I was like, and then to hear that Joe Wright was directing it, I was like, wait, doesn't this guy do all those serious British movies? Like really? Well, yeah, no, he definitely has, you know, he, he does the historical, he does the serious, but I, I was impressed, you know, and like, it yeah. wasn't an overly musical musical. So right. like, you know, as they started singing, I turned to my friend and I was like, wait, this is a musical. And she's like, yes. And it was like probably the biggest surprise since when I saw. I'm so sorry, there. Someone's ringing our doorbell. No, that's okay. Um, I thought it was a chicken. <laughs> no, no, no. We, uh, we, we ordered Instacart. <laughs> um, ah. And uh, yeah, no, because it's. I just don't feel like going out today. So uh, we did I don't. That. Think I, haven't left, I haven't left the house since Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and I just uh, got a notification. Yep, it's dropped off. Um, but yeah, no. So. Um, it was the biggest surprise since I saw Les Mis because yeah. I had never acted. I knew the story of Les Mis in, in middle school. We did like concerts and we sang all the songs. So I knew all the songs. I didn't realize every single word was sung. Yep. I thought it was kind of like Annie or yeah, and that's- know, the, the sound of music. Like they randomly break into song. So I when I heard that it was a musical, uh, like afterwards, I was like, oh, God, I hope the rest of it's like not sung then. <laughs> yep, yeah, I'm kind of with you, too. Like the first musical I ever saw as a kid was Lame Is. So, oh, yeah, I saw it. I saw it at like the age of 14 living in, you know, suburban Connecticut. We took a bus trip in eighth grade to Broadway and saw it when I was a kid. Um, so my my thought with a musical was 
you know, and, and since obviously a lot of the movie musicals and stuff have trained this out of me, but I was just like, is this going to be one of those movies where they sing every word? I feel like that could get it weird. It was a much. And like, listen, um, I love the story of Les Mis, but I, I, I saw the movie. I don't know that I ever need to see the production, which is sad because yeah. I love the music and I love I, the song. If you've never, if you've never seen the production and you have a chance, I would because uh, I don't know that I could I, sit through literally like it's like it's like a three-hour production of like every single word but I digress, I'm sorry <laughs> well the, the one thing I will say in defense of the of the production compared to the movie as good as uh Hugh Jackman was as Valjean whoever yeah. they're gonna get whoever there would get even if you saw it as in like a touring thing yeah would be better would be better than him yeah. And and whoever they got for Javert would be better than Russell Crowe. <laughs> yeah, Russell Crowe, yeah, I I didn't really believe it and I know that he's yeah. a musician and he's a singer but he's not well, that he's, kind of He's singer. a rock band guy. He, yes, he's I, not I, that kind of singer. He I never, Jackman, I could understand. He did, you know, he he ha, he has performed on theater but yeah, I wouldn't say that he's opera. Yeah, I don't think he's he has the range that's needed. Like yeah. normally when they cast these, like there's certain, you know, ranges that the actor must hit, but you know, yeah. I think they want it. It's a Hollywood production. I mean, how many actually can sing like that and act? Yep. And Crow does get better as that movie goes on, but it's still yeah. not anywhere close to anybody they would get on a Broadway stage for that. But Yeah, I anyway, get you. Um the only the only recent comparative I can think of uh, as far as like musical movies, I don't know if you guys saw this one or not. Was the Spielberg West Side Story that came out around Christmas, um, which I also liked a fair bit. But this, to me, this was way better than that. Um, than what? In the Spielberg West Side Story that oh, came out. Yeah, I didn't uh, even see that. I think it was Christmas or so that mm -hmm. that came out around. Um, and my wife and I liked that, but that as opposed to what this one does, that very much felt like, oh, this is Steven Spielberg doing a musical and none of this feels real or anything at all. Mm -hmm. To me, I think she liked it more than I did, but to me it all felt like I could tell it was all on a soundstage and it just all yeah. seemed kind of, it just all seemed kind of like, well, none of this is real. This is all like there, you know, and the way it was shot, it had this weird tone to it which i think he was going for something closer to like that would look closer to the whenever the original one was done like in the 50s or 60s yeah i think it was in the 50s or the 60s and yeah funny side note actually one of the people that i work with um is the son of i think it was one of the i don't remember if it was the jets or the sharks but he's the son of one of them and he's actually like he was pretty well known and i was like no kidding so oh that's cool you know, it yeah, was, was an interesting tidbit I learned. So, I mean, I enjoyed that one, but this one to me came off as way more natural than that. Yes. And, uh, you know, perform the performances were better because, like, Ansel Elgort couldn't even tie Peter Dinklage's shoes, for God's sakes. <laughs> like, he's it's entertaining, not but on another level, I don't think he's he an is. Academy Award you know caliber no no um but this i mean the thing i almost feel bad about with this one with cerno is that more people should see this and i'm yeah, not I, I have to say i don't again i don't really watch live tv so i i don't really see the trailers but i feel like you know people saw it because of the of the um 
of the nominations. And that's, yep. you know, it's, it's unfortunate that, you know, the people, pe- the, the movies that people hear about are the blockbusters, but very rarely are those the ones that actually get the awards. Yep. So much so that if I'm not mistaken, I think the Academy Awards was trying to add like a whole category for that. I think they're doing something this year where there's like an internet vote for like best popular movie or whatever. Yeah, I think I think they tried to do that a couple of years ago too. It just didn't quite yep. take off. Which I get it. You know what? Some of these blockbuster movies, like they do have some redeeming things, but like you yep. know, I feel like if you want like the the truly like good performances, they're typically not in the blockbusters. Yeah. Well, I think the thing, and we'll. I I'm pretty sure, and I. I Josh knows better than me. I think he kind of has the basic idea for this. I think we're going to do some sort of Oscar-related show next week with the ceremony being next weekend. And I think the thing that a lot of people don't get, and he actually sort of made me more aware of this, like... Josh? Yeah. The Oscars are more of like an industry thing. They don't give a shit what the average person thinks. <laughs> you know? No, it's like, like, it's all like kind of, it's all ass kissing, or at least it has in the last couple of years yeah. gotten, gotten but, to be that. And yeah, like, they would actually it, make movies with the, you know, with the understanding that it would be Oscar bait. Yep. But that's why it's like, none of the stuff that people have actually seen ever gets nominated for anything because exactly. the people voting on that stuff don't care about that shit. No. You know? So it's, that's the stuff, that's the stuff that gets made so you can make your money to make the, the like vanity the project that you, that you really. Want to do. Um, so yeah, this, you're right. I think this pretty much got passed over for anything Oscar related, which is a shame because it was damn I good. I think the only thing it was nominated for was costume design. So some yeah. of the technical stuff, which honestly, it, it could very well win. I don't know who it's up against, but I mean, yeah, any I period piece up. worth its salt should absolutely be nominated. <laughs> yep. I'd have to look at the nominee list again and stuff. Um, I do think most, if not all of this, was actually filmed in Italy. Um, I looked at the. I looked at the location, like in the tail end of the credits where they list all the filming locations. I'm pretty yeah. sure those were all towns in Italy. Um, I mean, it would make sense. It definitely was not a sound stage, or maybe if no. they were in the interiors, but a lot of it was on the street and it was cobbled streets. Yeah, no, it, this, as opposed to something like West Side Story, or as yes. Brendan would say, your, your average Marvel movie where they do it all on a studio sound stage now. Like, this actually felt like you were in the, you were in the place it was claiming to be in. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, which and it know, was them... principal photography was in um was in Sicily. Yep, and I'll give them a lot of credit for that as well because I think with all the COVID stuff right now, that can't be terribly easy to do. Yeah. Either, like a lot of those, a lot of those closed environments are probably better in filmmaking terms right now as far as like how can we ensure that this actually happens and and exactly. all that. Um, so like all that location shooting is probably infinitely harder to do at this point. And this um, would probably also influence them to actually do it outside because it was filmed like in October of 2020. So like literally like, you know, I think the height was like March, but like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this would have been deep right in the middle of all that too. If you're, if it's nine, seven or eight months into all that, yeah. Uh, they're they're dealing with that pretty much the entire time. It wasn't like the story that you hear about a lot now with movies that are coming out these days. Like they started before the mm-hmm. they started exactly. production before the COVID stuff, then it stops and then they go back and finish 
No, um, they pushed right through. Like I just watched the, I know Disney plus puts out those like one hour documentaries and all the Marvel stuff. When that stuff comes out, I just was bored last night and watched the one for Shang-Chi. And there was a whole mm. thing about like, there was a whole thing about like they completed the first third of the movie and then COVID hits and they shut down for like nine months. Um, so like that has almost become like the prevailing narrative for any of these movies being made at this point. Um, and I did, when you bring up those dates, I find it interesting that they did this basically start to finish in the middle of all that. Um, yeah. Which, you know. And it's it was, probably because they were filming outside most of the yeah, time. The, like vast majority was, the vast majority of it was outdoors. Yeah. So that was probably their way of being able to leverage it because, you know, you're already basically, you know, standing far apart like you're in an open air environment you know the likelihood of you know i guess anything being transmitted i'm sure that there were specific protocols that they had to adhere oh, to, i'm but, sure yeah but yeah no, definitely not so, like you know a green screen type of situation and because i was curious and for you know uh inquiring minds i wanted to look up and see who else was nominated this year in the same um costume category it was cruella which is crap and if they win i will boycott the Academy Awards forever. Never even bothered with that movie. It just uh, looks so silly. You know, it's, again, it's just, it's it's flashy and it grabs and don't get me wrong, like, she looked fierce, but, like, you can do that, like, I feel like that's not worthy of an, an Academy Award nomination. Um, no, then you I had like Dune, Nightmare Alley, Disney. and then West Side Story, which, you know, anything period related, of course, you know, I feel like is going to get a nomination, but I really think Cyrano is going to win. Yeah, because I mean, Nightmare Alley was just a bunch of people in 30s clothes. Like, it was just, uh, it was neo noir, right? So, yeah. 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 Boring as shit, too. I don't know if you guys saw it or not. No, but, but I remember seeing like the poster and, um, you know, seeing some stuff on social media. But yeah, I, no, I it went, didn't really grab my attention. I went and saw it in theaters because it was Del Toro and I was like, Bradley Cooper, that looks awesome. And I, I had somehow convinced myself that I did not know it was a remake. Josh had mentioned to me it was something, I think it involved Tyrone Power in the mm -hmm. 1930s or something. And uh, I went into it thinking, oh, if, if it's Del Toro, there's got to be some sort of like supernatural angle to it. Like the guy actually is a mind reader or whatever. Because like the whole thing in the ads was like he was a, he claimed to be a mind reader and whatnot. And I figured if it was Del Toro, then there had to, he was he would take it and switch it like the guy actually was a mind uh -huh. reader and i was just really bored like i went and saw it and i think i fell asleep for about 45 minutes and woke <laughs> and up that's, yep. and that's crazy because it was yep. i'm looking i'm actually looking further into this it was nominated for best picture yeah and i i probably fell asleep for a good 45 minutes woke up and felt like i had missed absolutely nothing uh, that's how boring it was wow <laughs> And you know what? So was Dune, actually, and so was West Side Story. So, you know what? Since, since you know, Cyrano, I think this was the one nomination that they got. I hope that they win, you know? Yeah, me too. Because, I mean, I like, you know, and you can go back and listen to the review we did on Dune Part 1 when that came out. Um, I did enjoy that. I don't remember the costumes particularly jumping out at me for that. I mean, uh, sorry, Brendan, I know you love that thing, but uh, <laughs> the... Uh, the costumes were not a huge selling point for me for that. 
so I would hope that, you know, as you said, if you're trying to recreate period stuff, if that gets them some almost extra credit with the, the Academy for this one. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Were there any, uh, we're coming up on an hour here almost. Were there any final thoughts you wanted to get out on this movie? No, I mean, I think we, we covered a lot of it. I think that, you know, it's definitely deserving of a watch just for, you know, Dinklage's performance. I mean, you know, I think that, you know, the direction and I think that, um, you know, just like the overall, like, I guess, theme and feeling was really good, but obviously standout was, was Dinklage. Yep. And I would say, you know, I also uh, thought Ben Mendelsohn did a really good job. I, I question oh, yes, whether he was good. I question whether he's and maybe this is what he wants to do with his career. I'm not sure, but I feel like between this and Star Wars and Captain Marvel, the guy's just going to play villains forever. Like sometimes people get typecast and then they yeah. become character actors, you know. Yep. And I mean, if that's what he wants to do, great, because he's good at it. I mean, you know, but he was also really good here. Um, and I would say, much like you, I think my over my overarching final thought is like, you know, you'd almost have to be living under a rock not to know what this story was. But yeah. it's it's worth seeing just for Dinklage alone. Like his mm-hmm. performance alone is worth the two hours that you're yes. going to spend watching this. And I would, if, if you have any remote inkling of interest at all in this movie, just go. Um, we actually made a point to, because I know how theaters work well enough to be like when this, this was released February 25th. And it was literally for me, I was like, <clears throat> we'll be lucky if most theaters have this for more than two weeks because yeah. This is not the kind of thing that sits in theaters for very long. Like they No, at the end of the day, they they, they do look and I, I worked at a theater for many years and yep. if they don't sell tickets, they will bump that spot and open it up to another, you know, open the theater up, even if it's just added showings of like whatever the current blockbuster or whatever's yep. in, you know, whatever's well, I, popular. I, my my thought process was uh and the theater that we go to here I think still has either still has it now or had it a week later than I thought they would. But when, when Corey and I first started seeing the ads for it, we both looked at each other and went, yeah, we want to go to that. And then I said, well, we got to go quickly because by the time the Batman comes out, this thing's going to be gone. Oh yeah. Because I'm sure that it was showing in, at least at my theater that I worked at anything that was like a big blockbuster. We had 12 screens, two of which were like the huge theaters. So in an opening weekend of a blockbuster, it would usually be automatically those two plus any of the medium sized ones just overage. Yep. So yeah, we we made a decision to go in the first like two weeks, and then I think we went the second weekend maybe because we had stuff going on the first weekend. But then like a couple of days later, when the Batman came out, it was gone. So I'm glad yeah. we I'm glad we went when we did because we loved it, and it was and we very easily could have we actually debated too because it, it came out on home video like three days after we were gonna go. Oh, it's already so, on home video. Yeah, you have to pay the it's like the twenty dollar rental. But yeah. Oh, okay. Um Interesting. so we were like, what do we want to do? Because I mean we could, you know, we could just watch it from our couch and they get the same amount of money because it's twenty bucks, you know. But she was just like, Oh no, we should go. 
No, there's see- something about, yeah. you know, seeing a movie in a theater yeah. in a dark room, like, you know, and like being co- literally completely immersed. Yeah. Like, you yeah, know, I, I will go like, to the theaters as long as they remain open. She was like, we should go because we should support it, you know, and it, it will obviously, it matters more if, to them if they get theater money than if it makes a ton of money on video. Um, yeah. And we, and we actually, we were, our theater is at our local mall. And uh, we gave ourselves, we went to like a 2.15 showing on that. It was on like a Sunday. And uh, we went to our local mall a couple hours early because we also have a lens crafters in that mall. And she had to get her glasses fixed. And we were like, oh, that'll take a couple of hours. So then we can drop her glasses off and go see this movie and then, and then <laughs> come out. one stone. Well, here's the problem though. The, the lens crafters that we go to for her didn't was like either the lab tech had like gotten another job or whatever they had no lab tech on the premises oh, no. so they were like we're gonna and she has a spare pair it's not like she's blind right now but she was just like they were just like we're gonna have to send your glasses out and come back and like we'll call you in like two weeks when we get them back and we were like like, hey, oh. <laughs> we were like, oh, fuck. Now we're sitting here for like three hours. What do we do? Because um, we had like three hours before Cyrano started. So we go to the theater. She goes, why don't we go see if there's like a kids movie playing there, too? We'll go to something beforehand. Oh, double feature. <laughs> yeah, which she never she never does that. Like she can't because she's in a wheelchair. It drives her nuts to she likes to be able to get out of the chair when we go to movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's harder. It's getting harder for her to do that. And with the, the way some of the wheelchair seats work in the theaters, it's harder to do that. Um, but she was able to do that for this. And we actually went to Sing Two, which was still in our local theater. That? It was decent. I mean, I don't love those movies, but it was you know for what I think we paid like seven dollars per ticket or something, and it was just a way to decent way to pass time. You know, and then our our Cyrano showing was literally in the exact same theater in the multiplex, so we didn't even get up. <laughs> nice. So yeah, that was fun. Um, well, thank you for joining me for this. I don't think you and I have ever done anything without anybody else. So no, this, is the, this, this was the first. yeah. The so this was first. <laughs> an interesting pairing to have. Maybe we'll have more things where we can do this. Yeah. Um, as, as far as other things we have coming up. Um, Boris and Milos and I just recorded this morning, and I haven't posted it yet. The final, uh, the final episode of the season of Star Trek Discovery, which I will get out probably tomorrow morning or tonight. Um, I know we do have a following for those. Um, we are taking a week off from Star Trek Picard because Justin was busy, so we're gonna do two of those next week. Um, I know we have plans for some sort of Oscar-related show. Um, I think probably in the next few weeks, I wouldn't be surprised if we did Battle of the Five Armies in the next couple weeks mm, as well okay. to keep with schedule for that. Um, we can, you know, between the four or five of us that are doing those, I think we can figure that out. And I yeah. think for um, I think for when we get to the Lord of the Rings, where I think the discussions will get way more interesting, um, I think we're going to have some... Uh, Roster shake up on those because I think uh, Justin doesn't really like those. So he'll drop out on those. Mm-hmm. Um, he's more of a Hobbit guy, I think. And uh, uh, which I, which I never thought I would say about anybody ever, but that's Justin for you. Um, and Brendan has expressed 
interest in doing the Lord of the Rings half of that, so I think we're going to tag Milos out and put him in instead for those. Okay. Um, so we'll have some we'll have some shakeup for those. Those will be fun though. I'm looking forward to the I'm looking forward to a the excuse to watch those again because um, <laughs> I haven't watched those again since we we got a 65 inch TV a couple like a year ago, and I haven't had the excuse to watch those again on that yet. So um, the funny thing is our, our local theater does a lot of retro showings too. And they were, they were doing return of the King <clears throat> this week. And they, oh, show, no and they show the uh, extended versions too. And when we were at Cerno, Corey was like, are you going to go to that while I'm not here? And I said, well, maybe, but, you know, we're we're doing the movies for the podcast, and we're only up to the third Hobbit one. So if I did that now, I feel like I just have to watch it again in a couple of months when we were going to do that. So I I held off on that, but it, it was it was tempting to think about going and doing though. Because yeah, I wish they'd bring that over here. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the four and a half hour sit is a little easier on your couch because yeah, it is definitely the, the extended well, one is for an intermission <laughs> and then I'll yeah go. yeah i can't remember if they d- i have seen the extended ones in theaters i can't remember if they did that or not they might have they might have put something I don't in think they offered that around here it would be they really cool one of our theater chains did it for some sort of i think one of them had it might have been in i want to say it was in like maybe they just did it for kicks then because like i don't think it was any sort of anniversary year or anything but it might have been in like 2018 they showed all three but they did like one a week for three weeks in a row or something and a couple of one of uh my wife's girlfriends and her husband are really into those movies and they asked me to go with them and she they asked us to go with them and she didn't really want to sit through them again and i was just like well i've never seen the extended ones in theaters so of course i'm going to do that (laughs) um yeah i think i've only ever seen the extended like once yeah, they're 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 much better. I mean, not that I think the the base movies are bad, but uh, well, two yeah, towers definitely get more story. Yeah, two towers has helped the most by it because there are, and we'll talk about this more in a couple months when we actually do that one. But uh, there are some pretty major structural issues in the in the theatrical version, from what I remember, um, yeah. that, the, that the longer one sort of fixes. But uh, so, yeah, we will obviously we have to do five armies first. I would think we will probably do that sometime in either later this month or early April, uh, depending on what everybody wants to do. By the time we schedule it, it might be early April anyway. Uh, So, yep. So we'll see you again for that. And possibly if we figure out exactly what this Oscar show is going to be, you're certainly welcome to throw in on that as well. I don't know exactly what Josh has in mind for that. But um, those are pretty much everything I can think of that we're going to be doing in the near future. So, yeah. We're yes, at some- we'll have to figure it out. Oh, we're I at think something- Josh mentioned he saw X yesterday, and he oh. wants to see – I think he wants to do a review about that. Oh, he already did. It's up already. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I must have missed that one. <laughs> I listened to it, but I did see he posted it the other day. So I, I will have I have not gotten a chance to yet. Yeah. We've been a little bit busy here in, in Casa yeah. Krubner. Um we uh we might be getting a kitten, so I heard I heard that. Uh Brent made some joke about you're not you know, he's not too many cats away from being a cat lady. 
Um, well, you know, I mean, uh, you know, three cats would be would be a little bit much, but you know, I think we got lucky with the boys, and you know, yep. I need some estrogen up in here, so yeah. it's, it's a, it's oh, a we, female. So we definitely did. Um, I think you know, I think we were a little we were a little skeptical of the the two cats thing, although you know, because we also thought that um, that. Uh, around the time that we got them, we've had the two that we have now since Labor Day. And uh, we were kind of thinking that at some point after that, both of us were going to go back to work full time, not in the house. Yeah. So like they would be fine because they play with each other more and they, they do all the time anyway. But, you know, she stopped working and I'm still in working in the house like two or three days a week. So it's mm-hmm. like they have this weird, like they have this weird thing of like, we don't really ever go that far away. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But no, our cats um, definitely have attachment issues because I work from home. So yeah. they are literally around someone every day. So, yeah. like, if one of us leaves the apartment, like, they will look out the window, they will yep. cry, like, they do not like saying goodbye to us. So, well, the weird thing we have is that of the two that we have, only one of them actually likes us all that much. Oh. <laughs> I mean, he, the other one is, um, I mean, he doesn't hate us. He's not like hissing and spinning every time we go near him, which is, I guess what they could be doing, but, um, he's much more, he's much more standoff. The other one, the other one is more affectionate and knows you like him or he likes you. No. Yeah. I mean, he definitely, you know, he won't, he'll run away from me if I get too close to him, but at the same time, it's not like he attacks me anytime that happens, but it's been interesting just being in here with them without my wife around. I don't Aww. think he, I don't think they know what to do yet with the idea of one of us not being here. Like they're not our previous cat used to get sad whenever one of us would leave. Like she would like whenever Corey would go somewhere, like at a certain time of day, our previous cat would go sit by the by the door and wait for somebody to come in. And like these guys don't do that but I can tell they're like confused. They're Aww. like running, walking around going, wait, there's supposed to be two of them. What, what's going on right <laughs> Where's now? Where's the other one? <laughs> yeah. The one, the one in the, the thing on wheels isn't here. What, what do I do? Um, but yeah, but they'll be fine. And she's only gone for a couple days more yet. I'm, I'm, she's going to be taking a three week trip to India next year. Oh. I'm wondering how that's going to go with that. Cause by the end of that, they may just be completely sick of me because she's doing that without me. So by the end of that, they might just be like completely sick of me and be like, we want mom go away. No, they're going (laughs) to, they're going to relish the time. Although if Josh told you this story, I was in North Carolina for two weeks um, around this time last year, actually same girlfriend, actually she works um, in, in a school. So she gets off for spring break and her family has a house down in North Carolina and she was kind enough to invite me there. And I can literally work anywhere because I work remote. So I packed, we drove down there. I brought my entire setup and, you know, I would FaceTime with Josh and the cats and call frequently. And uh, apparently the cats were like crying for me and missing me and uh, looking under the couch constantly. I don't know why. Yeah, that's As if weird. I was hiding under the couch. Maybe I figure you left something down there. I, wow. I don't know, but yeah, when yeah. I came home, there was there were lots of snuggles. <laughs> mm. I'm gonna have to go clean the litter boxes again. Dear God. 
Oh, jeez. Oh, All right. How... Well, you go take care of that. It was, you know, I'm glad that we were able to discuss this. You know, again, I hope, you know, people have the time if they, you know, if it is still in theaters by them, go see it. Otherwise, rent it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I would bet, too, like, I would bet, too, if there's like a if there's like a massive revenue spike for this movie based on the rentals, too, especially if they're charging that $20 rental thing in a lot of places like that'll say something about the about this in terms of quality and whatever and whether there's a market for more movies like this which i think there would be um just whether i think the big problem you're having too is that the the kind of audience that this general something like this generally skews toward is not going to movies right now like i think most people our age and up are like pandemic no still you know unless unless it's something like spider-man which i feel like everybody and their mother went to um i still think for like those smaller movies like this one people are still sort of avoiding that um yeah you know and that's that's a personal decision by all those people which i completely i completely respect i certainly don't want to turn this into like a a a moral judgment thing on that on that front but you know it's kind of too bad that movies like this and something like West Side Story are being released right now where there's, if not no audience, an extraordinarily limited audience for them. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, hopefully we'll be able to, we'll find some other things to, uh, to that we can review down the road. Um, if, if there's ever anything that you see that no one else, like Josh doesn't go to or anything, and, and it's not a horror movie, hit me up. Let me, let me know. Even if you want to... Um, even if nobody sees it other than you and you want to do something for it. I mean, Josh has all the password crap for this. So you can get up and do something on your own if you want. Yeah, Uh, totally. I know the next new release I'm going to be bothering with is Morbius. um, Oh, I've been seeing a lot about that. They've like pushed that back now, like three times. Oh, it's more than that. It's been like eight or nine times. Seriously? Okay. it was supposed to come out. I, I'm pretty sure it was supposed to come out before all this junk. Because oh. um, it was supposed to come out like a month or two after Venom 2, whenever that was, um, which was in the middle of all the pandemic stuff. But I'm, I'm pretty sure it's been delayed at least eight or nine times. Um, wow. And the, the last time was like two weeks before the release date. Like it was supposed to come out in January. That's pretty wild. Then, but I think some of that was too, like, I think it, it plays into some of the stuff from the Spider-Man movie. So I feel like they might, they might've gone back and reshot some stuff given yeah. that, uh, that came out in a different order than it was supposed to originally. Like the Dr. Strange movie should have been out by now too. And I think that mm. was, that was originally supposed to come out before the Spider-Man movie was. So I feel like they had to tool some of that around. Um, so yeah, so we'll see how that is. My, my hopes are not high, but, uh, I'm curious about the Jared Leto of all that. And then the Jared being, Leto of all that. <laughs> yep. Being a huge Dr. Who fan, all you had to do to get me to go to see it was put Matt Smith in it. So well, then yeah. that, uh, that guaranteed my $10 at least. So yeah, thank you for joining me for this. This was great fun to sit and do this one. Um, and uh, hopefully we'll hear you on our Oscar show this week. I got to sit down with Josh and figure out how he wants to do that. Yeah, I, I would be interested in doing that. We'll have to touch base with Josh and see 
And yeah, see. I'll hit him up on that and see what we want to do. It's usually just we pick the recording night and then we kind of go from there. So, all right. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing we'll do that this week. Thanks again. All righty. Take care. You too.